Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. We hope and pray the following message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. Psalm 145 and 3. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness, his greatness is unsearchable. Hallelujah. He can still do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. So I speak to you today from this statement, how great is our God. That is not a question. That is a statement. How great is our God? And you may be seated. In this passage, we find three enlightenments concerning the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, great is the Lord. Secondly, Greatly to be praised. And finally, his greatness is unsearchable. The psalmist said in 27 and 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You see, when you look at God through the carnal mind or the natural mind, his greatness is difficult to grasp. If you go back in history before Adam and Eve, and that's going way back, if you go back before Adam and Eve or if you go back even before time, If you go back to the place where there was nothing but God, what would you find if you could travel back to that place where there's nothing but God? You would simply find his word. Because in the beginning was the word, John 1, 1, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was there. He was there before the first sunrise, before the first sunset, proving that he has no beginning and he has no ending. He has always been, and Jesus Christ, our God, will always be. The natural mind cannot comprehend how great God is, so by faith we accept how great he is and how great he has been, and how great that he will be. He is the greatest of all time. If you went back to where there was nothing but God, you would find Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of every creature. 
For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. So if you go back to where there was nothing but God, God would be invisible, immutable, untouchable, unknowable, unlimited, unbounded. The theological word that must be used to describe God is the word which has no limitations and that word is the immensity of God. In other words, you can only say what God is not because it's impossible to describe what he is. He does not have awareness. God is not here or there. God is here and there. Everywhere. There is no awareness. There is no thereness with God. He is as complete here as he is there. He's God everywhere all at once. That's amazing to me that we can travel to Malawi and be with Brother Caleb Gibbs who is here this morning and we can spend time there. And the same God that we feel on a Sunday morning in Lancaster at New Life Christian Center is the same God that is in Malawi. I thought when I went to Israel and I was able to go about 25 years ago, I thought when I get to Israel and I go to Calvary or I go to the tomb or I go to the Eastern Gate or to, to, uh, to, to the Sea of Galilee or if I go uh, and look at all of the artifacts of where he was and where he walked and all of that. When we went there and when we prayed, I thought that it was going to be some, some, beyond, some experience beyond any experience that I've ever had before. But when I got there, to my amazement, the same thing that I feel in this house on a Sunday morning was exact same thing that I felt there because he is the same here, there, everywhere. How great is our God that he can bless us here and bless them there simultaneously walk into this room and walk in their room. God is a mighty God. There's just nobody like him. I like what Paul said about him in 1 Timothy 1.17, now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. Unto him be honor and glory forever and ever, amen. Paul went on to speak to Timothy and said, which in his times he will show who is the blessed and only potentate. He is the king of kings the Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. I'm just telling you at the beginning of this exhortation today that God is great that God and God alone controls the elements of the world, that the mountains stand in place because he put them there. He controls the enemy of your soul that comes against you, and there is no one like Jesus. The psalmist said, but our God is in the heavens, and he hath done whatsoever he pleased. 
Isaiah said, yea, before the day was, the Lord said, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who will let it? And Luke 137 tells us, for with God nothing shall be impossible. At the beginning, I want to know, I want you to know, and I want to lay it out very clearly that God is great. Hallelujah. Wherever you go, he's there. Whatever you need, he can provide. God is a great God. There is no limit to his power. There is no limit to what he can do. I spoke in the office before church with Elder Mason, and he will be 85 years old in just a few days. And on his birthday, he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost when he was nine years old. That was 73 years ago this month. And I asked him in the office with the other ministers, I said, how is it today compared to when it was, what you received then? And he said, oh, it's as good as it's ever been. 73 years filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Don't tell me that God can't. Don't tell me that God won't. Don't tell me that God is limited. He can keep you for 73 years filled with the baptism of his spirit. If he can keep the elder, he can keep you. Keep walking, keep believing, keep trusting. He's a great God. He's a mighty God. He is the everlasting God. And there's nobody like Jesus. The next part of that scripture is simply this. Hallelujah. God is great. And God is greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. He is greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Psalm 40 and 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit. He brought me up and also out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock and established my going and because he has done that for me I can go to the next verse and say and he hath put a new song in my mouth even praise unto our God many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord I want somebody to know that on this Sunday morning God can reach down and pick you up and bring you out of the miry clay and set your feet on a solid rock and he will put a new song in your heart a song that will give you the ability to praise him in song magnify him with your worship adore him with your adoration there's just nobody like Jesus Christ everybody say I'm going to praise my way out turn to somebody and say I'm going to praise my way out Hallelujah, the Holy Ghost moved in here just a few moments ago. We found out in that song that God still can. God can heal, God can bless, God can deliver, God can set the attic free, God can set, come on somebody, he's able to do it. He can bring you up, he can bring you out, he can put your feet on a solid rock, he's able to do it. Praise God. I want to give you a parable. Now I know there are parables in this Bible. And I love the parables, and Jesus spoke by parables. I want to share with you a parable that I ran across from many years ago that I brought across this pulpit, and it's called a New Life Parable. 
Are you ready for this? A new life parable. A man from New Life Christian Center in Lancaster, Ohio, walked out of his house and fell into a pit. Realizing he couldn't get out of the pit by himself, he waited for someone to come and help him out. An environmentalist came by and wanted to ban the pit. An attorney came by and wanted to sue him because of the pit. A realtor came by and wanted to sell the pit. A judge came by and wanted to condemn the pit. An atheist came by and said the pit doesn't exist. A priest came by and wanted to sprinkle the pit. A faith healer came by and wanted to heal the pit. A feminist came by and said a woman wouldn't have fallen into the pit to begin with. A contractor came by and wanted to use the pit as a basement. A Democrat came by and wanted to tax the pit. A Republican came by and said he'll debate the Democrat over taxing the pit. Realizing that no one was going to help him out of the pit, the man from New Life said, I'll just praise my way out. And he praised the Lord all the way out of the pit. I'm telling you, you might look around and say, that person can't help me and they can't help me and that won't help. But I'll tell you what, we'll help you get out of the pit and out of the miry clay. Let him put a new song in your heart and worship God. He's great and he is greatly to be praised. He's greatly to be praised. Psalm 107, 19. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now, I don't want to call the Fergusons out on a Sunday morning. They're over here in this section. I don't really just want to call them out, but I do want to call them out. And so I'll call them out on this Sunday morning. And I'll tell you why they're praising God. Because her father, who has been a little bit against ever getting baptized, ever, ever taken that step toward God, last week or two weeks ago, last week, last week, they went down, took him to church. Brother Ferguson baptized him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You want to know why they're praising him? God reached down and got a loved one, found him in the pit, picked him up, brought him out, turned him around. Come on, somebody. God's getting ready to bless this church. God's getting ready to bless your family. God's getting ready to make a way out. There's a prodigal coming home. I'm going to praise him. All oh, that men would praise the Lord for his good. If he's ever been good to you, stand on your feet and clap your hands and love your God and magnify his name. If he's ever been good to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody said yes. You may be seated. Praise is the only interaction with God that requires no qualification. Praise is the only interaction with God that requires no requirement or no precondition on our part. Even prayer 
has a qualification. According to John 9, 31, now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth the will of God, that man God will hear. A person must be qualified, according to that scripture, to pray. You must be qualified to plead the blood of Jesus. You must be qualified to heal the sick. You must be qualified to cast out devils. You have to be qualified on any number of things concerning the kingdom of God. However, there is one exception to the rules of qualification, and that exception is praise and worship. Everyone, anyone here in this house on this Sunday morning, you are qualified, pre-qualified to praise and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone is called upon to praise him. Look at this scripture again. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper, hallelujah, and if that person will do the will of God, God will hear him. Can I tell you the fastest way into the presence of God is to start praising him and you don't have to have any pre-qualifications. You don't have to meet any requirements. All you got to do is come into this house and say, Lord, I want you. I love you. I magnify you because if you start praising him, he's going to start hearing you. There are no pre-qualifications for you to praise him. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 150 and 6, let every the thing that hath breath praise the Lord praise ye the Lord I can't pray pastor praise God I can't plead the blood praise the name of Jesus there's one thing you can do and the devil can't stop you you can magnify the Lord that's why Jesus landed on the shore and a demoniac with a legion of devils in him came and worshiped God even the devil can't stop you from praising God I wish somebody would just praise him God is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to praise him. In the morning, at noon, there is no small print in this good book called the Bible for you to worry about when it comes to praising the Lord. There are no disclaimers involved in praise. It simply goes like this. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. This is for all land. This is for all generations. This is for you today. Praise your way out of your problem and into his presence. Come on, somebody. Let's give him one more hand clap of praise right now.
Yes. Yes. There are no proof qualifications. But pastor, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad my life has been. You don't know the problems that I've dealt with. You don't know how, oh, we do know how bad you've been. We all know you. Hallelujah. Can I tell you that there are no qualifications when it comes to praising God? He shows up at a well, and there is a woman at the well in John 4. Jesus said unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. And then the Lord said, but the hour cometh, and now is. He's saying this to a woman who was an adulteress. He's saying the hour cometh and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Understand something this morning. This woman in this passage of scripture was a serial adulteress. She had made no amends for her sin. She had made no attempt to get her life back in order. But Jesus indicates that it's all right for her to worship him even in her sinful state. What does that mean? What is the Lord trying to get us to see? What is the truth laying out there by the Lord? What's he laying out in front of us for our consideration this morning in this house of worship? The Lord God wants you to know this is for you this morning. This is for somebody in this house today that thought, I've gone too far, done too much. God can't love me. He can't save me. He can't change me. Oh, I'm telling you right now, he, bring, he will bring you out of the miry clay. He brought me out. He set me on a rock. He brought the ones around you out. I'm just preaching to somebody. You're not too bad. You haven't gone too far. Oh, you, you're one hallelujah away from breaking the chains off of your body. Come on, somebody. You've got a right. You've got a right to praise him. We used to sing the song, and nobody got a right like the children of the Lord who've seen the light. We got a right to praise him. But somebody's going to have to write a new verse to that because it's not just you and I who've been brought out that has a right to praise him. If you're still in the miry clay, You've got a right to praise him. And I promise you, when you praise him, he's going to bring you out. Why, pastor? Because he have, inhabits the praises of people. He inhabits the praises of people. If you praise him, he's going to bless you, touch you. He's going to lead you to salvation. You praise him, he's going to lead you to an altar. He's going to lead you to your healing. He's going to lead you to deliverance. He's going to lead you to a blessing. Come on, somebody, you got to praise him. He's a, God is great and greatly to be praised. 
The Lord God wants you to know that praise and worship is the starting point for our lives. Why? Because praising God, regardless of our position, are the condition of the praiser. Your praise is an invitation for the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life and overtake you with his power. What does the scripture say? God is great and greatly to be praised. And let me finish this sermon by telling you his greatness is unsearchable. Woo! You're not going to get to the bottom line. There is no final sum. You can't add him up. You can't, you can't get to the bottom and say, okay, that's all there is to him. No. Oh, no, no, no. Uh-uh. Watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of the world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of, the, of men the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them to us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. There is no searching of his, his greatness is unsearchable. That's why the wise man penned these words in, in Proverbs 25 and 1. These are also Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied out. Hezekiah thought that what Solomon penned was so important that he took his men and his scribes in with him and said, let's copy this. What is it that intrigued Hezekiah about Solomon's writing so much that caused the king to bring his men and look at the words of Solomon and repeat them and write them down? They copied it out, and here's what they copied. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. If we stopped right there, we'd all be in trouble. But the next statement says, but the honor of kings is to search out the matter. Woo, hallelujah. It's the glory of God to conceal a thing. But it's the honor of kings to search out that which is concealed. Because I promise you, you start looking into this word, it comes alive. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded in love. Watch this now. We're going to search out the matter. It's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it's the honor of the church on this Sunday morning to search out the matter. It's your honor and mine that we may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. You can't put knowledge in on this thing. It's beyond your knowledge. And what happens that you might be filled with all the fullness of God Almighty. This then, 1 John 1 and 5, is the message which we have heard unto him and declared unto you that God is light and in him there is no darkness whatsoever. I'm coming to a close and want you to listen to Psalm 62 and 1. But God hath spoken once 
twice I've heard this, that power belongeth to God. Now, God spoke it once. God has spoken once. Twice I've heard this, that power belongs to God. Brother Bethel, come up here real quick. You're going to be God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm going to be God and Gary. Hallelujah. God said once, you're going to read this right here. That power belongeth unto God. What did you say, God? That power belongeth to God. And how many times did you say it? Just once. You said one time what? That power belongeth unto God. But wait a minute. It's been heard twice. Is that what it says? God has spoken once. Twice I've heard this. That power belongeth to God. God said it once. Now it's up to me to say what he said. And if God said it and I said it, I'm in agreement with his word. And when we're in agreement with his word, we can speak to the mountain. And the mountain has to go. Because I'm not speaking my word. I'm speaking what God said. Thank you. I wish somebody would just start speaking to that mountain right now. Speak to that devil right now. Speak to the enemy of your soul right now. God is great. Greatly to be praised. And there is no searching of his understanding. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You know that, that we give the devil a lot of credit. But can I tell you that your Bible, your Bible tells you and tells me that God controls the devil with a finger. And with his countenance. God doesn't have to say a thing to the devil. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord just goes. You don't think that's powerful? I remember sitting in the pew, and my daddy's preaching, and I'm acting up. And he just kept on preaching, but while he preached, he went. I knew I was dead meat. I got the message clear. Just his countenance and his finger straightened me up right now. I wish somebody would just understand that God is great and greatly to be praised and there's no searching of his understanding and there's no searching of his power and there's no searching of, of, of all he can do. Let me just tell you something. He created everything that you see. He spoke it into existence and when he spoke the the, the galaxies and the Milky Ways and the stars and the planets and the solar systems, when he spoke it into existence, it's continuing on its same course that he placed it on. Watch this now. Every fall, the mallard says to the drake or the drake says to the mallard, whoever's in control that day, that's a female and a male duck. The drake and the mallard get together and say, get the kids we're flying to Louisiana, and there's a duck here in my office that flew to Louisiana, and my father-in-law killed him and had him stuffed and sent him back to me. Why, why 
do the ducks fly south in the winter? Because when God created them, he created them with his spoken word. And he, with that creative power of God with the spoken word, he said, you will fly south in the winter. They don't know why. They don't look at each other and say, well, God said it's time for us to go. No, they just were created by the spoken word, and the spoken word said this is what is, and they can't help themselves. They can't, they don't negotiate and say, well, I don't think I'm going to fly this year. I'm going to stay up north. No, they can't do that because they were created by the spoken word. Ain't nobody helping me right here. The earth is spinning 1,000 miles an hour this way and then thousands of miles an hour around the sun. So we are spinning and we are spinning, and that's why some of you are dizzy. We are spinning. We are spinning around, and there we go, and it's going around. Why, 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 does the, why is there winter, fall, spring, summer? Why is it on its axis? Why? Because God created it that way. Everything he created with the spoken word is subject to that spoken word. But there's one thing he did not create with the spoken word, and that was man. God formed man from the dust of the earth and breathed into man the breath of life, and Adam became a living soul created in the image of God before God even had an image because he speaks things that are not as though they are and he didn't have an image until Bethlehem but he looked down at Bethlehem and saw that baby coming out of that manger and he said now Adam I'm going to create you in my image and I won't get an image for about 4,000 years but you're going to be created in my image hallelujah and I'm going to give you the power of choice and so the only thing in this world that does not follow the voice of God that was not, the only thing that was not created by the spoken word is man. We were created and formed by God and he breathed into us because he wanted us to be like him. Now man has walked away and God says, okay, it's time to go south and we negotiate. I ain't going south. You know what I'm talking about. It starts at about age two. Pick that up. Uh-uh. No, we got the power of choice. And I say all that to say this, that when we finally get created a second time by the word of God, he sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and saved them. He sent his word and brought them out of the miry clay. When we are born again of the water and of the spirit, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Now that word I've hid in my heart. And now, hallelujah, when he speaks, I respond. Hallelujah. When he says, pray, I pray. When he says, believe, I believe. Come on, somebody. We now have the voice of God inside of us. He's created us again a second time. And we've got authority and power to use the word that's in us and look the devil in the eye and say, get thee behind me in the name of Jesus. Get under my feet. I'll be the head and not the tail. I'll be blessed. I'll be up and not down. I'm going to heaven, not hell. Come on, somebody. You've got a right to praise him. God is great. He's greatly to be praised. There is no searching of his understanding. No searching of his understanding. He said, 
you have to think about this. I, I close with this statement. He said, he said, hallelujah. I stood and measured the earth. It's 25,000 miles around the equator. And my God stood and measured. How unsearchable is he? I told you a few weeks ago when I told you I was going to preach this sermon about how awesome God is. If you take, and this is for somebody that was not here a couple of weeks ago, if you take every star and name, if you, if you just number the stars, they say that there are over 47, 6 trillion stars. And if you give each star a name and put those names in books, it would take 20, not million, billion empire state buildings to hold the books that hold the names of the stars. It's a lot of stars. I'm just going to go on record whether you believe this or not. That's a lot of stars. If you agree with me, say amen. amen. If you don't think that's a lot of stars, I'm not even going to ask you to say amen. That's a lot of stars. 20 billion empire state buildings to hold the books that hold the names of the stars. God is great and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable because the psalmist said, he numbereth the stars and calls them by name. And if he knows all Every, if he knows every star by name, then he knows you. There may be billions of us on this planet, but that's not a problem for him because he knows you. He knows every hair that was on your head and that is on your head. Don't be laughing at that. He knows. Watch this. He knows the thought and the intent of the heart. So you might have had a thought that's condemned you and the devil jumps on that and uses that against you but God comes along and says, well, I know, I know your intent. I'm going to forgive you for that thought. Come on, somebody, praise him. In your heart, you have to praise him. Now, I'm not talking, I'm not looking for a response. I'm making a statement. You've got to praise him. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. It, there's, no, there's no searching of his understanding. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going No, I, I don't. I don't know what you're going through. But can I tell you, he knows. He knows exactly what you're going through. I sang a song for my class this morning at 9 o'clock I only had three of them walk out but you know not really I sang a song that we used to sing a long time ago billows may roam breakers may dash 
I shall not sway because he holds me fast. So dark the night, clouds in the sky. Well, it's all right because Jesus is nigh. Oh, 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 how I love him. Billows may roll, breakers may dash. I shall not sway because he holds me fast. So dark the night, clouds in the sky. Well, it's all right because Jesus is nigh. And oh, do you know him? Do you know him? Sing it with me. Billows may roll, breakers may dash. I shall not sway because he holds me fast. So dark the night, clouds in the sky. Well, it's all right because Jesus is nigh. Oh, do you know him? Do you know him? Second verse. I don't remember it. That's all I can remember. But I want to tell you, billows may row and breakers may dash. But I will not sway because he holds me fast. He put a word in my heart. The Bible says it's the word that is nigh thee, even in thy heart and in thy mouth. That is the word of faith which we speak. I wish somebody would just speak a word of faith. The only way you're going to understand him is faith in God's word. Faith in God's word. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.